Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, I'll give you step-by-step action plans to reach your health goals, as well as my favorite recipes I know you and your family will enjoy. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Nourish, Eat, Repeat. So today I'm going to share a couple things that I'm not too proud of. Um, First though, (laughs) the one thing that I'm not really proud of is the fact that I'm forgetting some things. I don't know if this is age or if there is just so much swimming around in my head that the capacity is at full <laughs> and some things just has to go. There's just not room for all of it. Um, the other week we went to visit my parents for, uh, for my dad's birthday and we had a lovely afternoon. Uh, we went up, we, we visited, we celebrated with cake and just really had a nice day. And we had to leave at 4.30 because uh, Jim had a fantasy baseball draft that night and we wanted to give ourselves plenty of time to get home. And we left around 4.15 or so, uh, got a mile down the road and my mom calls and she said, Adrian, somebody left their water bottle here. Well, what color is it? It's purple. Ugh, that's mine. Okay, so... We're only a mile away, no big deal, turn around, let's go back and get the water bottle. And so my mom met us at the end of her driveway, and we did the handoff, and she made a joke like, do I need to check anywhere else in the house to see if you forgot anything else? And I'm like, no, mom, it's fine. Meanwhile, Jim kind of laughed it off and was like, that's not like you to forget things. I'm like, I know, that is weird. So we go on our way again. This time, we almost get to the turnpike, and my mom calls again. Adrian, you left your purse here. Now, Jim did not look at me so lovingly this time around, and my kids are like, are you kidding me? We have to go back again? And I was like, I know, but we have to. My wallet's in my purse. And so we had to turn all the way around, grab the purse, and then head out again. He did make it to his draft in time. I know you guys were all worried. Um, But yes, we made it in time. But he was like, what is going on with you? And honestly, I'm like, I don't know. I I have no clue. You know, it's, it's times when you think you have it all together and you clearly don't. Those are the most confusing times. Like, I guess, you know, I was telling my one friend this story. She's like, yeah, welcome to getting older. So I am hoping it's just an age thing um, and nothing serious, but man, there was two times in a matter of like 20 minutes that I forgot something significant. I mean, my water bottle goes with me everywhere. So the fact that I did not remember having it or bringing it, I, I was just off. So anyway, my mom told me when I share things with you, it makes me relatable. So I don't know if you're struggling with remembering things. Um, If you are, let me know so I can commiserate with you because I do not like it. I 
I sometimes pride myself on having it all together, and this was definitely not one of those days. Something I also want to share, now this actually gets a little bit more vulnerable, is I have a confession. As you know, this is not news to many of you, especially those that know me well. I'm a competitive person. I like to compete when it's on my terms, right? And usually the reason I like to compete on my terms is because I know I'll be competitive. Like I may win. (laughs) I like to win. I mean, I told you the story of how I beat my kid at a game at his therapy appointment. I mean, if that doesn't have, you know, (laughs) that doesn't have just, oh my goodness, uh, I need help written all over it. I don't know what does. But I like being competitive when I know the stakes and when I can foresee the outcome. A place where I don't like being competitive is work. Like, I feel threatened, and I, I hate to even say that and admit that, but I feel threatened when a new dietitian comes into town or a new dietitian uh, comes into our vicinity and wants to open a business. And I shouldn't, right? Like I should really feel happy for that person. I should be really happy for our, you know, our profession. And here's another person out there, you know, doing their thing and, and working for the good in our community. And I should feel happy that you know, nutrition is more readily available to more people in our area. But instead, I feel threatened. I'm not proud of that. I guess it's normal. But really what it comes down to is I'm working from a scarcity mindset instead of a mind of abundance. Right? When I feel like my, my business is threatened... I don't make my best decisions because I'm working out of fear, right? And it's in those moments I need to remind myself how thankful I am. I mean, God has provided above and beyond my wildest dreams for me and my family in this profession. I know how much of a privilege it is to say that I love what I do. I can't believe I get paid to do what I do. It is a gift from God. And what he has done in our business just blows me away every time I think about it. But I can get in these moments where I get really competitive and I get fearful and I get nervous and agitated. And again, it does nothing positive for for me, for my family, for the business when I work from that scarcity mindset. Right? God does his best work in me when I trust him and I'm thankful, when I'm content with all that he has done. It centers me and helps me to be grounded and to be in the space where I can do what he has gifted me to do. But that's a hard place to be at. And so today, I want to talk about when our food choices are threatened, and when our success is threatened. Because those are two areas that I think a lot of us struggle with, and I want to work through them today. So we're going to have that honest conversation. 
and it's going to be okay. If I can admit to you where I struggle, then this can be a safe space for you to listen and to evaluate some of your own thoughts and think about how we can do better, how we can be supportive of not only things that are healthy for us internally, but be supportive of the people around us as well. They are not mutually exclusive. We can do both. So let's talk about dieting for a little bit, right? We've all grown up either having been on diets, have trying to diet it ourselves, um, have seen other people do diets. This is not news. We have seen this multiple times in our life. The common thread of dieting is restriction. Taking something away, not being able to eat it in order to get a certain result. That's what we think dieting needs to look like. But whenever you take food away, inevitably what happens is your food choices begin to become threatened. You can't just have whatever you want whenever you want it because that's against the rules. You can't eat this food because it's a bad food. You can't go out with your friends because you won't be able to control yourself. You won't be able to buy Oreos anymore because you can't be trusted around them. What ends up happening is restriction causes us to feel threatened. I've said this statement so many times before. When we feel restricted, we get resentful. And when we get resentful, we get rebellious. When our food choices or our ability to go out with other people or celebrate or do any of the things that we want to do, when that feels threatened, we panic. And the urge to binge or get rebellious or whatever you want to call it is so much greater. We become territorial with our food. If I can't be trusted around it, we try to get rid of it, not look at it, not be around it. But the moment we are around it, we lose control. If you never let yourself have chocolate and then all of a sudden are in the presence of chocolate, you feel like you must eat all of it because you're never going to have the chance to eat it again. It actually blows up in your face. I remember one time, this is a more extreme example, but I remember I had a client who whenever there was a blizzard, she would go to the bakery and buy a whole bunch of different items there because she was fearful that they were going to throw them out because nobody would be there to purchase them because everybody would be home stuck in their blizzard. We act differently when we respond in fear than when we appreciate abundance. When we think we're never going to have a food again, we act in fear, we start binging. We respond in a way that shows us we can't be trusted because we act out of our norm. When you're not dieting, when you're not restricting, you'll find that you actually just eat normally. You're not worried that you'll never get it again. And so you don't hoard food or overeat it. You work from an abundance mindset. You know, sometimes that phrase, just that phrase in itself, like cookies will always be here. I can always go to the store and get more cookies if I want. Instead of I'm never going to have cookies again, so I better eat everything right now because I'm not going to be able to eat that tomorrow because I have to be good. 
I hope I'm explaining this okay. When we work out of a fear mindset and a scarcity mindset, it always backfires. Right? Just like I said, when I worry about my business or anything like that and I start getting really fearful, I make dumb decisions. When I work out of contentment and thankfulness and an abundance mindset with an open hand versus a closed fist, it's amazing how much more I'm able to receive all the blessings. Same thing with our food. When we're scared and fearful and working with a closed fist, I need all this food right now, we tend not to make great decisions. You know, I even see this with my kids. And I know this is common. It's something I would love help with. Um, but we have a bigger family. And we, we buy treats, but we don't buy treats all the time. I'll buy some snacks, but I don't buy Doritos every week. I may buy Doritos once every eight weeks, right? It's not that I'm against Doritos. It's just it's not a great food choice for us, so I don't buy it often. But it's not that I think it's a bad food. But when I do bring those foods in the house, my kids go nuts. Like they just start eating all of it and they will try to hide it from the other kids so they don't get any or they'll eat it at night. Like my older two boys, I mean, granted, they're 16 and 15 and and very, very active, but they almost eat a second dinner before they go to bed. And so the younger kids are fearful that they're not going to get their share. So then they may overeat in the moment because they're afraid Jake and Parker are going to eat the food at night. And they're working out of a fearful mindset, but it's actually not good for their bodies. And it's not good for a relationship with food. And so I try to have an abundance of food here all the time. But man, food's expensive. I can't be buying stuff all the time. I mean, just as a side note, all right, I'm just going to go off topic for a second for those of you with kids in the house. You know, do you also find that the day you come home from the grocery store, the kids want to eat all the food? I've now started reserving bags of snacks and hiding them and then bringing them out midweek. So it's almost as if I went to the grocery store again. But if I go to the store and bring home a bunch of stuff, they will have eaten all of it in two days. I was like, well, I don't know what to tell you. I'm only going to the store in, you know, five days over the weekend. I guess you'll have no snacks for the next four days. You know, my goodness, it's it's tricky, right? You're trying to do the right thing. Um, but at the same time, you can't just keep buying food all the time. So if you have any recommendations for me, I am all ears because I'm Besides hiding some food and bringing it out little by little, I'm not quite sure what else to do. Now, the good news is, is when you work from an abundance mindset, like I can get a cookie whenever I want. This is not the last cookie that I'll ever have the opportunity to eat. When you stop a lot of those restrictive thoughts, you actually start to notice that some of that threatened feeling, that fear around food, it will go away. And isn't that ultimately what you want? I mean, I don't know how many people come into my office and say they want to have a healthier relationship with food. Well, then we need to stop behaving through the lens of a fearful mindset. We need to start thinking from an open hand. 
this open hand concept. I keep opening my hand. You can't see me because this is a podcast, but I keep closing my fist and opening my hand. Like it's truly working from abundance versus scarcity. So what happens when we feel threatened, right? When we feel like our options are being challenged or our options are being threatened. Honestly, what it does is it puts us in fight or flight mode. What happens when you're in fight or flight mode? A lot of times you get restless. A lot of times you can't sit still. Your body wants to do something to get rid of that pent up energy. And what do we choose to do? We eat for two reasons. Number one, it gives us something to do. Number two, it stops all the rattling in our chest from the restlessness. I mean, ultimately, when we're in fight or flight response, it's a stressor on our body. And if it's leading to more overeating, it's not working. There's actually a study I found that shows that when your body's stressed out, it it affects your metabolism. Uh, This study in particular said that um, you burn 109 less calories after eating a high-fat meal when your body is in a stress state. And at first my thought was, huh, after a high-fat meal. I wonder why that's what they studied. But let's be honest, when we're stressed out, we're not reaching for carrots. We're probably reaching for something high-fat. So, you know, it makes sense that that's the kind of meal they studied. So interestingly enough, when we're stressed out and we're emotional, we may reach for food as our coping strategy. But on top of that, our metabolisms are slower because of the stress. It's not working. So much of dieting is all about the food. That's what you're sold. Eat this, not that. Keep it simple. It's not simple. If you don't change your mindset around food and your body and eating and all of it, you can make all the lists in the world of eat this, not that, and it will not help you. This is the work we have to do. This is the work we have to you know, take some time, journal it, challenge it. I mean, that's really all this podcast is. I give you some nutrition information because it's helpful, but I like to challenge the words you're saying, the thoughts you're thinking. How do we come up with different thoughts so that we're not, we're not acting out of fear, but we're acting out of love and acceptance and thankfulness. All right. So how do we rewrite this sentence, right? How do we do better? Well, the first part is, is know your stressors, right? Know the phrases and the sentences that get you worked up. If you are telling yourself that you're never going to eat sugar again, and then all it does is make you want to eat sugar, I would say we need to rewrite that sentence, right? I would say we need to do something differently. We can't just keep taking away, taking away, and then being scared that we're not going to be able to make the right decision in the moment. People will tell me like, you know what, while I'm losing weight, I'm just not going to go out to eat. Why? I'm too afraid I'll make the wrong decision. Well, do you think that once you're a smaller size, you'll all of a sudden make all the right decisions? Like part of this journey is practicing so that when you are a smaller size, if that is your goal, You know what to do. We can't be fearful. 
Fear keeps things small. I had a lady one time who didn't go to Thanksgiving with her family because she was afraid she would gain weight. What? You're going to miss out on an opportunity to be with your family? That just blows me away. But she was so scared. Right? Please, we have to move through this. We cannot be afraid of food. We cannot be afraid of weight gain. We cannot be afraid of all that. That is not living. At some point, you always have to ask yourself, is this sustainable? And am I, am I okay with this? Remember, pick a lane. Are you picking sanity or are you picking the pursuit of thinness? You can't pick both. One way or the other. Now, the other place where we can feel threatened is in the success of others. Right? Where we, we have the wrong thought and we need to challenge it is that when another person does well or another person's success, that doesn't automatically mean your failure. And I think this is where I was wrong. Well, I don't think. I know. This is where I was wrong when I get threatened with our business. It's almost as if if another business is going to come to town and do business, then my business will fail. And that's just not even a true statement. Just because somebody else comes into the area doesn't mean that all of a sudden my business is doomed to failure. Why am I connecting the two? But, you know, we do that with other people and their weight loss journeys. You know, if a friend loses weight, well, then that must mean I'm not going to be successful. So I'm not going to be happy for them. I'm not going to cheer them on. I'm not going to be supportive because their success equals my failure. Right? When you say it out loud or when you're listening to it, it doesn't even make sense. But in our heads, it feels very rational and it feels very true. Instead of being happy for our friends or our loved ones when they see success, we automatically get jealous. We get resentful. Have you ever felt that way before? You know, maybe you've been thinking about losing weight for some time. You've tried to do some diets. You've had some success, but not a lot of success. And then all of a sudden, somebody in your family or your one of your good friends, you know, gets on this journey and starts making all this success, are you happy for that person? Or deep down, are you resentful? Why are you resentful, right? This is your friend. This is your family member. You should be happy for them, right? There's that word should. We talked about that a few weeks ago. I should be happy, but I'm not. It's because you're operating from a scarcity mindset instead of an abundance mindset. And you know it doesn't help you because when you're working out of fear and out of scarcity, it's an emotion that's uncomfortable. It's emotion that needs to go away because nobody likes to feel bad about themselves. Nobody likes to see themselves as a failure. And so you need to pick me up. How are you going to pick up yourself? Do you reward yourself with food? Do you reward yourself with alcohol? Do you reward yourself with online shopping? 
It's not necessarily the healthy way to do things. So, so how do we work through that? Well, first and foremost, we can identify your strengths, right? What are the things that you do really well and what do you enjoy? What are the things that you can do over and over and over again and maintain an excellent track record? Right? Let's focus on the strengths. Let's focus on the things you do have and the things you have been blessed with. Right? Reminding myself of all this stuff grounds me. When I start to go too off to the left or too off to the right, I have to remind myself of what I have and be thankful. And that usually does the trick. Right? But then also you can do some visualization. Ask yourself what's possible. If one person's success does not equal your failure, then what could this situation look like? Where is an opportunity for you to build up instead of tear down? One that leaves you both feeling good. And then recognize your self-talk. Recognize the places where you're... um, making statements or acting in fear or saying things that need to be rewritten. I equate it to a tennis match. Every time your brain tries to tell you something that's untrue or unhelpful or unkind, your job is to rewrite the sentence and toss it back over the net. How many times do you got to do it? However many times you need to. Whoever gets the last word will be how you behave. And I know for me, I don't want to, I don't want to be unkind. I want to celebrate. I want to be happy for people. It makes me a better person, but it also lifts others up. And that's what we're supposed to do. So maybe this podcast was a little bit more for me than it was for you. But I feel like there's going to be somebody out there that can resonate with this. And it can challenge you to to think differently. And that's all we're looking to do. All right. So, oh, and then, you know what? I actually had one more thing written down. Uh, Another thing that we can do so that we're not so self-focused is donate or volunteer. Volunteer your time so that you're not so inwardly focused. I wrote a quote down from one of the commentaries from my Bible studies, and it said, people who focus on others rather than themselves rarely have low self-esteem. And I thought about that for a little bit. You know, I thought about all of social media. I thought about all of the Zoom calls that we've been on for the past two years, where all we do is look at ourselves and focus on ourselves. And now we have filters to improve ourselves as if our normal self isn't good enough. I found a filter the other day and the girls and I at work were like using it just to see what it looked like. And we were giggling, but afterwards I'm like, but that's not good. We're almost like, you know, we're not, our version of ourselves is no longer good enough unless we look airbrushed. And yes, it's fun to look at yourself, but when you're so focused on yourself and your flaws and everything that um, isn't right with you, I mean, it attacks your self-esteem. 
And then, you know, we wonder why depression is up so high. We wonder why kids are struggling. We wonder why adults are struggling. All we have been doing is looking at ourselves for the past two years, picking ourselves apart, using filters to make ourselves look better. You know who has healthier self-esteems? People that focus on others. Maybe it's something we need to think more about. How can we take the focus off ourselves and how can we put it on others so that we can be good people and we can build each other up just like we were intended? All right, guys, that's what I got for you today. Let's check out your recipe. So I have this up on my phone. I need to bring it up. This was a blackberry um, salad with pecans and champagne vinaigrette. I thought this looked delicious. So for this recipe, you're going to need one large bunch of mixed baby greens, a medium bunch of arugula, one package of blackberries, and about 30 pecan halves. And then for the dressing, you'll need two tablespoons of champagne vinegar, a little bit of salt and fresh ground pepper, a teaspoon of basil, and six tablespoons of olive oil. All right, it's a real simple re recipe. You basically put the vinegar in a bowl with the basil, salt, and pepper, and then drizzle in the olive oil in a slow stream and whisk it together until it's all uh, combined. Emulsified is the word they use, but you're basically just putting all the ingredients in a bowl. Uh, alternatively, you can put it in a mason jar with a lid and just shake it. That's probably what I would do. Uh, it will separate, but that's why you put the lid back on and you shake it and then put it on again. <laughs> I like to do things. I like to take some shortcuts. Um, and then you're going to basically take the, the mixed greens with the arugula. You can toss it with the vinaigrette if you want and then sprinkle on the blackberries and pecans and serve. So I know we're coming up on warmer weather, so our salad greens are going to be coming out of the gardens. Blackberries um, will also be available, so this might be a nice addition to your, your recipe logs and your recipe books that you've been building through listening to this podcast. All right, guys, I hope you have a fantastic week. I can't wait to see you again next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish Eat Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricshealth.com. You can also find us on socials. We're on Instagram and Facebook at bodymetricshealth. The book Nourish Eat Repeat is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.